Welcome back to the Bristos Made a Baby podcast, season three, baby number three. I am your host, Becca. I am here with my lovely husband, Matt. We are together pretty much 24-7 between working, parenting, our two little girls, making our 1800s farmhouse our own. And trying to live our best, healthiest lives. We are so excited for this new season of life and to bring you guys along the journey for baby number three. Let's go. Welcome back to the Bristos Made a Baby podcast. I am your host, Becca, graced by the presence of my husband, Matt. Back, back to back weeks here. That's yeah, a big deal. It is. Just giving the people what they want. Had to clear my schedule a little bit, but I'm happy to be here <laughs> for with you guys. Oh, man. Matt was trying to take a nap before we <laughs> started this. Our child was up at 5.30 this morning. Yeah, so she was. I'm a little tired. And you let me sleep in, so I can't complain. Matt lets me sleep in every morning, actually. Let's give a little shout out to Matt. He wakes up every single day with the girls so that I can sleep later. Wow. This is the first time I'm hearing this. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Sometimes I wake up by an alarm at 7, and sometimes I sleep later. (laughs) Sometimes I actually get up. Like today, I woke up even earlier than that because I just like heard you guys. Nice. But I get to wake up on my own, which is quite the blessing. What a feeling. That's going to stop once the baby's born, though. Right, exactly. So I'm, I'm soaking it in while I have the chance. Um, I mean, gosh, Hadley didn't start sleeping through the night until she was 11 months old. So that was like four months ago. So Sure. I appreciate you letting me uh, get a good amount of sleep right now. Happy to do it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we're going to talk about weeks 30, 31, 32. We need to like play a little bit of catch up here because I'm getting pretty pregnant and I want to be able to kind of share with you guys more so in real time as we're getting closer to when this baby comes out. So, um, lots of symptoms to cover. So obviously third trimester, things are getting real. Um, one thing I feel like I haven't talked about in a while, but is a major symptom, kind of like a hallmark of my pregnancies are Matt's favorite, my varicose veins. Oh gosh. (laughs) I, it's just, I, a lot of people have these like veins on their legs. I just, they give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> it's just part of people's bodies, but like yours are like, they're like an inch out of your body, like big bumps everywhere. They're disgusting, honestly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've talked about these before. It's basically when you get like your veins just get all like, enlarged and they can be all like bumpy and there's the blood flow isn't great so there's like back blood flow and they protrude out of your skin and they're just not they're not a good look um so I wear a um I really only have them in my right leg and my right leg is lit up with the varicose veins yeah you try to get me to like feel them and look at them I just I don't I want nothing to do with them (laughs) I'm always like come on you gotta feel this it's so insane uh, well you you still feel on my force you too. <laughs> you're like yep thanks gross get out of my face yeah. um anyway so on my left leg it's it's funny because usually it, it's, it seems that women usually get them more in their left leg I don't know for some reason my right leg is terrible with them left leg is not I have like one or two little ones on the back of my knee on my left leg but that's literally it no spider veins nothing so it's a combo of varicose veins which like protrude they're big fat like squishy bumpy veins 
and then I have a ton of spider veins. So like those are like the little purple ones. Um, so my right leg just looks like you translated like an 85 year old woman's leg onto mine. Um, and I wear a stocking every day, like up, it's like a thigh high, a million times better than wearing the maternity ones that are like real stockings that go up like around your waist. Um, the thigh high ones are so much more comfortable because the compression only goes up that high anyway, even with the maternity ones. Pro tip if you have to wear these. Um, anyway, so they're gnarly. Um, and they do, the worst part about them is they go all the way up, meaning they go up to the vagina. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your skin should just cover those. Like, why are they popping out? <laughs> so, so that's just you know it is what it is. Um, they do go away, thank God. Um, <laughs> but that's just—it's not that they even really hurt that bad. Taking magnesium seems to help too. Um, mine have really have not been painful. If I didn't wear the stocking, they probably would be. But they're not like throbbing. They're not really uncomfortable, which is good. They're just there, and they're they're there. Um, so that's fun. Moving on. Matt's done talking about this. Yes. <laughs> so um, sleeping wise, I've been okay. I'm at the point now where I'm just tossing and turning a lot. Um, it's a good night if I can like sleep through the night sans a lot of tossing and turning. Um, as long as I'm not like laying awake for hours, I'm really happy, but definitely moving around like back and forth from my right side to my left side um, all through the night. Um, and it's like not casual to roll over to the other side. So it kind of like wakes you up, um, so that you can move. Um, another vein related thing is they're not varicose veins, but the, on my belly, the veins are like so blue. Hmm. They're like very visible. Yeah. Just continuation from the leg. <laughs> no, it's not, they're not varicose veins, yeah. but I just don't remember this with prior. This might not reverse. Bellies. I'm just saying. What, the it's blue? Like, just, it might be your new body. <laughs> what, the varicose veins or the belly yeah, veins? all the veins, yeah. <laughs> All the veins. Oh, God, I hope not. I'm way too young for this. I mean, I'm sure when I'm older, they will come back and they'll be here to stay. But yeah. I mean, hopefully not now. Just up your... Uh, I'm not even 30 yet. <laughs> up your skincare routine on your legs and your stomach. Well, I think that you can get treatments for them, which honestly I would consider because they're really gross. Um, anyway, we're done with the veins. Stop bringing up the veins. All right. You brought up <laughs> new veins in your belly. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, veins on my belly are like, it's crazy. It looks like a, literally like a spider web of like blue veins. They're so visible. I don't know what's going on there, but, um, another thing with my belly interesting is I don't have a linea negra this time. I had a linea negra in my first pregnancy, which is that like brownish line that goes like up over or like all across your belly, like through your belly button. Um, had one with Hayden, didn't want to have one with Hadley, which is so weird. And then I don't have one this pregnancy either. So again, I don't know what the, what's up with that, but it's so funny how they're, they can be different. Uh, but I don't have one at all. Um, baby is hiccuping all the time. That's been going on for kind of a while, but I don't think I've mentioned that yet. Um, and they're like cute. I like feeling them. But my favorite part about the hiccups is I always know that they're head down because I feel the hiccups super low, like closer to my like pubic bone. So that's always like a good way for me. It's like a, like a solid way for me to know that they're head down. Um, you can kind of feel how they move around. And if you feel like, oh, that's probably a foot up by my ribs, that's a good indicator. But that's always a guy I know for sure that they're head down. Um, 
lots of movement just in general, lots of kicks. We're getting to the point now where like a foot will like slide across my stomach and it like catches me by surprise and it feels really crazy. Um, and then I also wrote down like the hip kicks sometimes. I don't know if it's, it's probably more so a hand than a foot, but like, it's like the baby like tickles your hip bones. It's the most bizarre feeling. Yeah. It's just crazy. There's a little person in there just <laughs> messing with you. Yeah. And that's just like so far over, like f- for them to like be reaching. I don't know, but it literally feels like s- s- they're like tickling your hips. It's so strange, um, but kind of cool. Um, Another symptom, I feel like I touched on this last week, nipples are just getting bigger and darker, just getting ready to breastfeed. It's the best, <laughs> that, your, uh, <laughs> That's the, best. the veins, the nipples, pregnancy is beautiful, pregnancy is beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> Lots of changes. Um, that one doesn't really bother me because, you know, I know it serves a purpose. The veins, however, a different story. Um. Okay, so continuing, obviously, with um, the injections, I feel like I should give an update on that because I haven't in a while. So every day in the morning, I give myself an injection of a medication called Lovenox. It's a blood thinner because I have a history of DVT, aka blood clot. Don't want that to happen during this pregnancy. So I'm on that every day, have been since about five weeks, which is super fun. Um, And I will be through six weeks postpartum. Um, But... I am like at the 32 week, 32 week mark, officially a month out from switching to a different blood thinning drug, and that is called heparin. So I switched to that at 36 weeks for um, kind of for two reasons, and it has to do with birth. So obviously, when you're on blood thinners, that's like a little dicey with birthing a baby because there's a lot of bleeding involved. And you really don't want to increase your risk of bleeding at all um, and hemorrhage and all of that. So they typically switch you to heparin at 36 weeks so that if you go into labor at any point after that, you're on heparin instead of the Lovenox. So heparin, the downside is I will have to inject it twice a day. So morning, which I'm used to, but then also I'll have to do it at night because it only lasts in your body for 12 hours. The other one lasts for 24 hours, which is why it's only once a day. Um, But with the heparin, since it's only 12 hours, you basically have a better shot of it wearing off, you know, by the time you go to give birth. So you have more flexibility there. Um, And then also, um, my doctors told me that with heparin, you can like give vitamin K intravenously to like counteract the blood thinning effect of the heparin medication. Um, but you can't do that with Lovenox. Um, they said that you like, there's no way to counteract it. So that's obviously more dangerous because if there is a, a serious bleeding situation, if it's heparin that's thinning your blood, they can essentially stop its effectiveness. But with Lovenox, they would be out of luck. So those are, as far as I'm told, those are the main reasons that I'm switching. Um, I'm like weirdly a little bit excited for it. Cause I, I know that that's like such a milestone that like once I switch to the heparin, I'm like in the home stretch, I'm at 36 weeks, made it that far in pregnancy, which is exciting, but I'm also like really not looking forward to it. Cause that means I'm going to be giving myself twice the injections. And at this point in time, it's, I'm really running out of real estate <laughs> because my belly is really big and it's very tight and there just isn't really, um, 
at this point where we're recording and I'm actually 34 weeks and I have, I'm no longer able to inject on my belly. There's just not nothing. There's not, not enough skin slash fat to like pinch. Um, it's just out of commission. So I'm having to find other spots and there's just not as many. And when you're always injecting in the same spot, they really, really hurt. If you can find spots that haven't been injected into in a little while, like basically somewhere that had a break, um, they're so much easier to handle. Um, so yeah, not looking forward to having double the injections going in, but I also know that I'm getting close and I'm pretty sure right after, as soon as, you know, soon after the baby comes out, I'll switch back to Lobinox, which is just once a day for six weeks. So hopefully I'm on it for like no more than four weeks. I hope this baby comes by my due date, um, max five weeks, and then I'll be able to go back to the once a day. Um, so that's the injections update. One thing with this trimester, um, I was like, I'm actually feeling so much better in you falling asleep. Huh? <laughs> oh my God, you guys, Matt literally just fell asleep on me. What's going on in third trimester? I heard. Oh, it's fine. I'm doing all the talking anyway. It doesn't really matter. I'll just wake you up when I want you to, you want chime, to chime in. in chime in, yeah. <laughs> Tony, I just bring a lot. Just don't start snoring because they don't want to hear that. I bring a lot to the table here. <laughs> you had an early wake-up call. I'll, for, I'll forgive you. Um, anyway, feeling better in the third trimester because, I well, I just feel like I have more energy, but I've been so much less uncomfortable. Like the uh, you know, you guys have been hearing me talk about how my belly just feels so tight all the time. Like it's hard as a rock, like Braxton Hicks out the wazoo. It's just, it's uncomfortable to be standing. It's uncomfortable to sit. It's uncomfortable to lay. Cause you just have this rock hard belly. And I've been trying to do, you know, pinpoint what it was that caused that. Um, but I'm just feeling a lot better in was feeling a lot better in the third trimester, which is just bizarre. Normally, the second trimester is better. However, I think I may have finally figured out why that was happening and why I started to feel better actually in the third versus the second. Hmm. Why? Do, do you remember? Why? Matt, Matt has like one eye open. Enlighten us. Do you remember what I told you? No. Okay. So at the end of week 31, so I'd been like cruising along. I'm like, man, I'm feeling better. Like oh, It was cold. Yes. So we had this like cold snap and it was really cold for like three or four days. It and wasn't that house, cold. It was just. We our house got cold. We turned the heat off because it was like 58 to like 65 outside. So our house got cold. But our heat is outrageously expensive. We're yeah. oil heat. Anyway, not that that's, we're not like, if it's cold, we're going to put the heat on. Right. But, but it wasn't, it wasn't cold enough right, to like warrant. Exactly. The ex- so there was a chill in the house for sure expensive excessively expensive heat anyway so it was really cold in the house and I immediately right when this happened I got so uncomfortable again like I was just my belly was so tight and I was just like I I couldn't hardly like focus on anything else because I was just so uncomfortable like sleeping during the day didn't matter what time it was I was just so uncomfortable and I think it's because it was cold in the house because I was cold all the time. And I don't know if this is true, but I feel like I've heard that blood thinners make you feel colder. Um, I'm always cold anyway, so I don't know if that's true. But, you know, even with like a sweatshirt on and like pants on and like trying to be warm, I was always so cold, which makes me like tense up. And I think that that is like truly like the cause, which would make sense because 
as I moved into my third trimester, it was warmer outside. It was warmer in the house. I was so much more comfortable. <clears throat> and second trimester was all through the winter. So even though my belly was smaller then, I think it was just, I was cold and tense all the time. So my belly was tense all the time. Um, and then also with Hadley, I was so uncomfortable in my third trimester, like unbelievably uncomfortable. I was like, I don't even know, like, there's no way I'll, I can even get to 40 weeks. Like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Luckily I ended up giving birth before then. Um, and I think it's because it was cold. Like it was just, even in the, like with our heat on, we live in a super old house. It's drafty. It's not the most efficient and there's definitely like cold spots. And, um, <clears throat> so it's just, you know, that's just part of living in an old house. But anyway, so I think I figured it out. I think it was cause it was cold that went on for days. And then now that the weather's warmed up, the house is warmed up, um, I'm back to feeling like pretty good. Obviously, I still have a big belly. That's not comfortable, but I'm feeling more, more comfortable, if that makes sense. How many times can I say comfortable in this episode? I don't know. <laughs> Probably more. Um, and then the last like main symptom started in like week 32, and I'm still honestly dealing with it, um, but my back, starting to get some back pain, um, but not like what you would expect, like lower back pain with pregnancy, but it's just... Um, my left like shoulder blade in that area it's just feeling like really pinchy and achy like it's just aggravated and it was really bad for about a week um like it was hard for me to like certain movements it would be like a really sharp pain there was like I couldn't like lift stuff up with that arm it was like really bad it's gotten much better um but it's still not resolved um and I did see, like, I, at this point, I was like, okay, I need to start going to the chiropractor more often. We've been going once a month. We go once a month as a family. Um, but I knew towards the end of my pregnancy, because he was like, you're going to know when you, you need, like, I'm not going to tell you when you need to start coming more often. You're, you're going to know. And he was right. And I was like, okay, I need to start. I need to start going in more often. So I'm going to start going every one, maybe two weeks. Um, and then as we get even closer, I'll go every week um, just to get my pelvis all adjusted, be ready for birth. And hopefully to help handle this back pain, which has not been very fun. Um, so those are like the main symptoms. So as far as like things that are happening or going on um, during these weeks, we finished our, or our girls finished their swim lessons, which was exciting. Yes. It's very good because we don't have to watch Hadley cry anymore. It's very sad. <laughs> well, she actually, finally, I mean, it took five weeks, but in the sixth week, the final week, she finally stopped crying, which was a treat to see. No, you're, you're she, right. She was like calm during them. She could always do it. She just cried for most of it. Yeah. And, and then the last week she was I think, happy. I think we mentioned that we almost pulled her out. Did we talk about that? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know if we did it on here, but yeah, we almost um, did. Yeah. We almost pulled her out like midway through. Cause we were like, this is just like, is this even worth it? Oh my God. She's just hates this. Um, but now that we're on the other side and especially cause she started to, not that she ever enjoyed it cause it's, it's hard work what they do in these like survival swim lessons. Um, but she would be like, you know, smiling in between her, you know, trips underwater and floating around and, um, she wasn't crying. So that was good. Um, but yeah, it was just really, really cool to see. So we did ISR, swim lessons um and it was for six weeks five days a week very very short lessons because they're really intense and by the end they were able to literally like both like so Hayden's older um and she loved them but she could 
float on her back, like no problem. And then flip over and swim, 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 swim with her, you know, her face down in the water. And then whenever she needed to take breath, she knew that she could flip back to her back. So she totally mastered that. So if she ever falls in the water, um, she'll be able to, you know, float and swim and float and swim essentially to get herself to safety, to hold onto a wall or a ladder or whatever, which is very, very nice to know. By the way, I forgot to tell you this. She can get through the freaking pool fence. Who can? Hayden. So, because I have so much anxiety. We have a pool. It's fenced in. I have so much anxiety about water, which is why we did these. Yesterday, we were out playing and I had my back turned for like one second. All of a sudden, she's like, mom, I'm in the pool. And I look over and she is in the pool, but the gate was locked. What do you mean in the pool? Like inside the fence, not in the pool. But she was. Did she show you how she got in? Yeah, I said, "How'd you get in there?" And I was like, "Get out!" Because I realized she must have gone through the fence. And then, whoop! Her skinny little body. She just like swiped right back out. How's her head fit through there? It's incredible. I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's not a wide. I would have never expected a human could get through there. Wow. So scary. Um, makes me. I would have been. I would have been having like a little bit of a meltdown if I had. If we had not done those swim lessons just before, because at least now I know that God forbid she falls in, she'll probably be able to get herself to safety. They even throw them in at the end, like the last lesson, last two lessons, they throw them in in regular clothes and then they throw them in in like winter gear, like coat and shoes um, so that God forbid they fall in the pool at any time or fall in water at any time of year. They've at least practiced what it's like to, you know, fall in with clothes on. Um. So yeah, that's scary, but glad we did the lessons. And then Hadley, she could literally just like flop her in the water, like flip her over her head or just like drop her in, you know, on her back. And she can immediately float right back up to the surface and, and, and keep herself there by herself and breathe, which is really, um, comforting to know that she's got that skill. So finished up those. That was exciting. Um, I'm starting to really like binge birth story podcasts. Um, I, this happens like as soon as I get a little bit into my third trimester, I just like, all I want to listen to is birth stories. Um, and that's just one of the ways that I prep my mind. I listen to a lot of positive birth stories, all different kinds of birth stories, home births, birth center, hospital, um, ones where they unexpected things happen. It didn't go according to plan. Ones where they were like perfect and dreamy and everything they could have wanted. Like I listen to all of them as long as they're positive. Um, because it's just, I don't know, my brain just like feeds off of it. Um, we also have been doing a lot of gardening. We've got our summer vegetable garden in and we're still kind of working on like planting some flowers, but a lot of mulching and composting and we get to water the garden every day it rains so much we really don't have to that's true that's good um but yeah so just that was like a like a a big focus in these weeks as far as our time spent outside just a ton of weeding the weeds were out of control so much weeding and then you know putting a ton of compost down and then mulching and actually transplanting plants and, and hardening them off and like just doing all the gardening stuff. And honestly, gardening, I mean, this is like not a secret, obviously. Gardening is just like so good for the soul. Like it was such a good, I mean, it's good exercise, number one. Um, and it's just so therapeutic, like just putting a layer of compost down and like just watching it like 
just making like a nice beautiful layer i don't know it's just it's like a therapeutic activity yeah it's nice i guess (laughs) (laughs) it's good to be outside right and uh, yes also just being outside in the fresh air and, and sunshine or even if it's not sunny whatever um it's just it's been a really helpful distraction for me especially when i was feeling so uncomfortable during that one week or so um you know, I didn't want to do, any, I just didn't want to do anything, but if I could go outside and just like work on the garden, you know, I would kind of forget how uncomfortable I was. And it was just like something to put my mind to and get my body moving. And it was just really nice. Um, another huge thing that happened is, and this is big, I launched my intuitive eating course. Yes. Which is a really big deal. We're all very proud. Seriously, it's huge. No, it really is huge. Um, if you follow me on Instagram and YouTube as well, um, then you already know this, but I launched a nutrition and intuitive eating course. I have been wanting to do this for years, like literally years, and I was planning on launching it in the fall. I announced I was launching it, and then literally like a week later, I found out I was somewhat unexpectedly pregnant, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this because it's it's been a lot of work. I'm still in the midst of working on it. Um, even though people are actually currently in the course, but I'm kind of making it as we go through so I can tailor it as we go through, if that makes sense. Um, tons and tons and tons of work, all good work, very exciting to be doing it. But I just knew that there was literally no way I would be able to pull this off in my first trimester. And I really didn't think I'd be able to pull it off while I was pregnant at all. So I was kind of feeling sad about that. And I was just like, you know, a few months after the baby's born, I'll get back into it. And then like the beginning of my third trimester, I was just like, you know what? I'm not putting this off any longer. I've been putting it off long enough. I'm just going to do it and we're just going to make it work. (laughs) And it's been, it's been a lot of work, but I mean, I truly have not been, I don't remember the last time I've been this busy, which maybe wasn't the best thing to do you know, at the end of my pregnancy when I should be resting. However, um, it hasn't been too overwhelming and um, I'll be wrapping up around 36 weeks. So it's actually kind of perfect because I usually get so antsy, but like, you know, from 28 to like 36, 37 weeks because I'm just so impatient. Um, So this has been an excellent distraction, something for me to like, I mean, it's almost like I can't even think about prepping for birth and all of that yet other than listening to podcasts because I'm just like I have to get this course done and completed and it's so much work um so it's actually like kind of perfect so but then once this wraps up I'm just gonna like switch into like nesting mode doing all the birth prep like just resting a lot more and it's it's actually gonna work out I think really well um so I'm super super excited about that And then just a couple other things, Um, craving wise, really still craving fresh veggies. I think I've mentioned this before, but especially like cucumbers and raw broccoli and sugar snap peas. Like literally, I don't know why they are so delicious to me. (laughs) I mean, it's an excellent thing to be craving, but I mean, I have to have them every day, like at least one of those every day. It's like, it's literally like a fixation. I cannot go without it. It's definitely like a texture thing. It's like a fresh, crunchy, like the mouthfeel. Oh my gosh. I'm like, my mouth is watering. I haven't had any yet today. And I'm definitely going to go cut up some cucumbers after this. Cucumbers have been my absolute favorite. I could eat like an entire cucumber every day. So anyway, obsessed with um, veggies. 
Also, really, especially in the third trimester, I mean, it's important to do this in all of pregnancy, but especially the end, really trying to up my protein. So what did I recently discover that I didn't think that I liked, but now I like, and I keep having you buy? Oh. Um, pop question. Or pop quiz. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese. Yeah, I stay away from that, too. <laughs> no, it's actually really good. Okay, you have to – I never thought I liked cottage cheese. But I don't think I've ever had like the full fat, like the real deal cottage cheese. I think if I've ever had cottage cheese, it was probably like the low fat, which is probably pretty not good. <laughs> um, but I discovered there's a brand called Good, I think it's Good Culture. Um, they have like little individual cups. They have, you have to get the full fat ones though. I mean, you can obviously get whatever you want, but personally, I like the full fat ones. They have like a strawberry chia and this whole milk. And they're actually really good. Then they have like a lower fat, lower sugar version that has like stevia in it. It's not where it's at. It does not taste as good. Um, but the full fat ones are really good. And then I also just bought like their plain whole milk cottage cheese. So I'll either just eat the little cups of cottage cheese. It's basically like it's it's similar. Pro it's a lot of protein. It's like 17 or 18 grams. Um, for that little cup and which is similar to like a Greek yogurt or a skier, like the Siggy's yogurt. Um, cause they're pretty, they're condensed. So they're higher in protein, but you know, I'm not going to eat that all day. It's just something different and it's really protein rich. And it's also great. Cause I, especially the little like fruit cup ones, I can just grab it out of the fridge and be eating it in 30 seconds. Like there's no preparation. I don't have to stop what I'm doing, but I can grab something that's like protein rich um, and be on my way and, you know, fuel up a little bit. Um, so loving those. And then the plain, um, I have actually been, I just put salt and pepper on it. And then I literally slice up like an entire cucumber and I just munch on my cucumbers and like, we'll like dip it in the cottage cheese. Um, and then someone actually messaged me on Instagram. Cause I always, I've shared on Instagram many times. I love making avocado toast with burrata cheese, like spread on top, which is like creamed mozzarella it's like mozzarella cheese that hasn't like fully formed so it's just dreamy and like drippy and so good um, but someone said um, put cottage cheese on it and it probably does taste very similar so that would be really good too um, I think just a couple more things started um, hypno babies which I'm sure Matt is thrilled about because Normally I, I listen to them. I find a time to listen to these tracks during the day, but there's just literally no time. Like, I think you'd rather me be present with, with you guys and like, not like, Oh, I'm going to go take a nap for an hour. I appreciate that. And, but then we need to listen to it at night while we're, we're falling asleep. It's been, all right. it's been, I've been able to sleep through it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Sometimes he's like, it's really loud. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. not usually that loud. It's just interesting that it's like you listen to it while you're sleeping. Well, I like, it puts, it puts me to sleep. Cause it, they say that you're, even if you are asleep, technically your your brain is still like listening to it. Gotcha. So they say you can you can do that. But the whole point of the tracks are to learn how to relax your body. So when I lay down at night, I mean I don't fall asleep for like ten to fifteen minutes. That whole time I'm like really consciously trying to relax my entire body. And that's the whole point. So I feel like that's fine. Um and it's also not my first rodeo. It's my third time now using them, so it's not like brand new to me. I like I know what all the tracks, like what they're going to say pretty much. Um, anyway, so that started, I started that at week 32, which that's always kind of exciting. Cause again, it's like another little milestone in my head. Like, all right, the birth prep is actually really starting and 
there's tracks you listen to every week and then there's one that you listen to every day that's just like affirmations um so that's exciting and then the last thing is I have actually been taking some um like Epsom salt baths because I've just been especially when my I was super uncomfortable and then now I've got the back pain I've been taking a lot more baths I'm not a huge bath person but they do really help so I just dump in a bunch of Epsom salt which is actually an excellent way to supplement magnesium if you didn't know because it um, is absorbed most readily through your skin so um, which can also help with muscle aches and things like that um, so I dump in a bunch of Epsom salt and then I usually throw in like one of um, Young Living's bath bombs lavender is my favorite um, sometimes I'll put some frankincense in there but just kind of we don't have a nice beautiful fancy clawfoot tub I wish we did or just like a nice tub it's just like a stall shower tub so and the water gets warm and you're able to sit in it, right? Yeah. But it doesn't it doesn't cover my whole body, which is the only thing I don't like. So I can't like float. Hmm. I'm still like using my legs to like hold myself up. And my belly sticks out of the water. It's tough. We used to live in a house that had one. We should have never moved. Okay, well we actually do have one on the third floor. But then you should use it's it. It's creepy up there at night. Uh. <laughs> and uh it, so we have an old clawfoot tub and it also it needs a good scrub. And I just do not have the energy to be like on my hands and knees on tile scrubbing that I tub. cleaned it. You did? Yeah, with uh, thieves spray and paper towels. Yeah, but it needs like, because there's like some bu- weird build up stuff. It needs like a scrub. Like you need to get like yeah. the thieves scrub in there and gotcha. just go to town. Elbow grease. So there's been, and then also at night, I don't want to go up those creaky steps because I feel like I'm going to wake up the girls, which I probably wouldn't. But it's just, there's just a lot of obstacles to get to that tub. And there's always dead bugs in that bathroom because we never go up there. True. <laughs> dead stink bugs. Well, I clean those out too, but they're probably back. They're probably back. Um, so yeah, we actually do have one of those tubs, which is ridiculous that I'm not using it. But the the, sh- the shower stall one, it's a, it's a fairly deep one, actually. It's way deeper than the one we had in our first house that I tried once and was like, I'll literally never do that again. I feel more uncomfortable trying to squeeze into that tiny tub. Hmm. The Fairfax one. Oh, right, right, right. That one was really low. Yeah, yeah it was very shallow. So anyway taking baths now they are definitely helpful uh maybe one day we'll have a big giant soaking tub on the second floor it's more accessible um but yeah so that's kind of where we're at we're a little bit more caught up now so 30 through 32 some highs some lows lots of uh symptoms going on there's definitely a lot a lot happening Um, but we are just getting closer and closer. It's exciting now to start to be in like the actual birth prep zone, um, which I, once I hit 36 weeks is where that like really revs up. I'm starting to, you know, eat dates and I don't know, really drink my red raspberry leaf tea and not be spotty about it. Drink castor oil every day. No. No. That would be miserable. That would be so miserable. Um, But yeah, so we're getting there slowly but surely. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Matt, for joining. Happy to stay awake for you. Thank you for staying awake for 94% of this podcast. Happy to do it. Uh, All right, well, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.